deer rut. October days are filled with golden autumn colours. All the warm leafy yellows mingling in treetops with burnt umber, stunning against blue October skies. And the hills have their very own colour palette at this time of year too. Heathers paint layers of purple across the roundy mountain slopes, where meandering sheep paths wind their way between patches of soft grassy green and thickets of browning bracken. It is up in these hills, far from concrete and tarmac, where deer are often seen at a distance, grazing placidly through the summer months and roaring their way through October. Their delicate fawn-furred limbs and gentle skittish ways endears us to them. The Bambi factor holds us all enthralled. And deer are abundant across the mountains. Rarely a hike could pass without sight or sound of deer. Herds are not confined to the uplands either. They move as they please through woods and over wild lake shores. Red deer were brought here by Neolithic people 5,000 years ago. Not herded, but set free to be hunted for their meat, bone and fur. As well as being hunted by human hand, deer were always a favourite prey animal for wolves, one of Ireland's original top predators. Much later, the Normans introduced another type of deer to Ireland, fallow deer, in the year 1244 to be precise. These fallow deer are now the most widespread here. 600 years later, in 1865, Sika were brought to Ireland from Japan, only 80 years after the last wild wolves were killed. Sika were introduced especially for the gentry to hunt and shoot. All these deer are now quite at home among the hills and woodlands here, adaptable, agile, and not afraid of jumping fences. They are free of natural predators to curb their movement or limit their numbers. So the population grows and grows each spring a new generation adds to their ranks. So there are always plenty of little mouths to chomp through every flower-filled bush in a woodland, to nibble every tree sapling to nothingness, to stifle any chance that broad-leaved trees might have of reproducing themselves. But for the deer, it is not their fault they cause so much destruction. They were let loose to roam and reproduce. And now in October is when mating season is at its peak. This is known as the rut. And each year the rutting season starts at the end of September and lasts until early November. But before the rut gets going, there are a few things that have to happen first. In August, declining daylight hours trigger testosterone levels to rise in stags. They grow a thick, shaggy mane and their necks double in thickness. All this testosterone coursing through their veins makes them behave differently too. And by the end of September, stags are known to groan and roar, a low, rumbling baritone echoing out over heather-clad hills and down through wooded valleys. For this reason, the autumn equinox, near the end of September, was known in places as Bwuri, the day of the roaring. The depth and duration of the roar is how stags assess their rivals. 
and an impressive bout of roaring is often enough to make a challenger back down. By October, the largest stags have moved to traditional rutting grounds, areas where feeding is good and females are drawn to gather. Stags compete to lay claim to the most luscious autumn feeding grounds and each contender struts his stuff in front of his rivals. Pairs of stags stride along in parallel, attempting to deter the other by simply showing off their physical might. Often, a combination of roaring and strutting their stuff is enough to deter competitors, and a stag can claim breeding territory without having to lock antlers. But the stakes are high. He who trumps the others gains exclusive access to all the females feeding there, a harem of fertile hinds, and it is he whose genes will most likely be continued. Sometimes, when roaring and strutting is not enough, stags will fight, clashing their antlers, tugging back and forth, battling to decide a winner. He who holds this prime position as guardian of the hinds stays always on the lookout for lurking rivals. Some stags are so preoccupied with this task that they barely eat during the six weeks or so of the rut. He alone keeps all the ladies for himself, or so he thinks. In truth, he has no control of hinds who choose to wander off. Females are free to go where they please. Genetic studies have shown that other mating takes place too, away at the edge of the rutting territory, or when hinds visit other stags in neighboring rutting grounds. So there is still plenty of variety in the genes of the next generation. Across October hills and autumnal woods, it seems there will always be plenty of new wild deer to keep everything nibbled and tamed. I arise today